0: Today on Ag News Daily. And our job at Trillium is to bring a technology platform that's turnkey that these people minds can utilize in their own problems.
1: Listeners, March 21st, 2023, looking at a Tuesday edition of the Ag News Daily podcast. Delaney and Tanner hanging out again today, right? Right. you uh if we were actually hanging out you would probably be a lot happier a lot more energy
2: yes you're so right
1: just the ray of sunshine that i am Mm
2: -hmm. yes that's true how could i forget what a ray of sunshine (laughs) you are
1: oh boy i know i feel like a broken record this week but those who could use a ray of sunshine are our friends in north dakota and minnesota Holy smokes, does it seem like those winter weather warnings are just smoke or are just staying uh, stagnant over them right now? They're looking at some areas of heavy snow accumulations of up to seven inches. Snowfall rates of more than an inch in a two hour period are forecasted for this area. Of course, our friends in uh, northern central Nebraska still have their winter weather advisory in place. They'll see mixed precipitation, maybe an inch of snow and a light glaze of ice. So continuing to put a delay or at least a dampening on everybody's spring feelings up here in the north. We had a pretty nice day here yesterday.
2: That's right, because it's the first day of spring.
1: Yesterday was the first day of spring. And uh, where is that today?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, today it's, it's close to be quite as nice, but
1: <laughs> nope, it uh, is definitely going to continue to tease us here for a little while. looks like we have in our forecast a little bit of cooler and rainy weather coming, uh, but hopefully things shape up soon.
2: Well, yesterday was also the first day of a visit going on between President G and President Putin. President G made his way to Moscow for a three day visit, which is adding a little tension to geopolitical global relations. This trip showcases Xi's personal support for President Putin, who I didn't realize this standard, but is now subject to an arrest warrant if he visits any of the 123 member countries of the International Criminal Court. So he has to stay put, which is why Xi is coming to him. And um, President Putin called him his dear friend, and Xi was on the Kremlin on was at the Kremlin on Monday and is his first trip since he obtained his third term as China's leader. And they talked about peacekeeping efforts. They also talked about ammunition yeah. efforts and uh, war efforts. And it sounds like here. The Chinese government is. Allegedly, we'll say allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, Sharing ammunition and forces with Russia so that they don't lose the war. Uh, Jinping can't afford to lose the war because a Ukrainian win would be a win for NATO. And a lot of the allies who have been rearming and coordinating more closely to guard against aggressive autocracies like China. So that would not be a good look for China if Ukraine did win I guess, this war that is going on. But um, yeah, lots to unpack there.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like there is really any uh, crucial information that came out of those visits yesterday. Uh, Everything that was pretty much expected is what's being discussed. And uh, those two countries are looking to continue to stay aligned with each other. We did get survey results released yesterday. A big study stated that $1 billion in Iowa farm income could be at risk if the carbon pipelines do not go through the state. The Iowa Renewable Fuels Association released their study yesterday. They said if they don't participate in the carbon capture pipeline, farmers could lose over $1 billion just within the state of Iowa alone obviously ethanol production is key and brings tens of billions of dollars into the ag economic activity here within the state each year and the study provided a continued support for that the study was done and conducted by decision innovation solutions they stated the economic activity would be lost if I- Ethanols, if iowa's ethanol plants are not able to be competitive with ethanol plants in other states that are hooked up to carbon pipelines And that study states that uh, if we do not participate, we, as in the state of Iowa, will be left behind. 75% of the ethanol production could disappear due to competitive natures. Of course, we're looking at the 45Z tax credit and the Inflation Reduction Act that uh, is going to help boost this project along. Continues to go on to discuss Delaney. If the CCS pipelines and ethanol production migrates to other states, corn leaving Iowa without an added value would jump from 6% to 44%. So nearly 95% of the corn that was within the state is considered value added before it leaves Iowa's borders. We'll continue to keep an eye on this. Certainly the... uh, Iowa Renewable Fuel Association is working very diligently to continue to see these pipelines pass as hearings have just begun getting scheduled.
2: Yes, and another report we failed to report on last, earlier this week, well, I guess we're only on Tuesday, but last week we had the uh, U.S. cattle on feed report. Tanner and the numbers were a little shocking because we saw U.S. cattle on feed down sharply in march 23 compared to march of 22 during the cattle on feed report the numbers show drops in pretty much all areas cattle on cattle and calves on feed for slaughter in the us market were down about 4% march 1st of 23 compared to march 1 of 22 with feedlots for capacity of 1000 head or more just at 11.6 million head Placements and feedlots during February totaled about 1.73 million head, which is 7% below 2022. And lastly, marketings of fed cattle during February totaled 1.74 million head, down 5% below 2022. So supplies getting tighter, and that should be fairly supportive for prices.
1: Yeah, I think that was something that Jeff talked a little bit about yesterday's market conversation is uh, if we don't start to see the markets respond to that report, uh, we have bigger issues to be concerned about. But the US Department of Agriculture is tackling a large issue. They've announced that it's taking steps to improve children's health through nutrition and school meals. However, there are a group that currently manages school nutrition and they are urging the, the USDA to just leave it alone. USDA shared that they are proposing changes to the school meals and changing of dietary standards that will limit the added sugar in some high sugar products and reduce the weekly limit of sodium in these meals. They're also going to continue to push for more whole grain options proposed to students. Stacey Dean, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Deputy Undersecretary for Food, is also looking through these programs as the Farm Bill begins its process in getting shaped states that uh, they are pleased with the current state of school meals but believes there's always ways to improve those they already offer incredibly healthy meals and options for students and they meet current dietary guidelines but under federal law we're supposed to continue to keep updating those guidelines to stay with the science that is available so Delaney that's quite an interesting angle we know a substantial amount of the farm bill is tied to food programs. Uh, but this is the first time I heard school meals being discussed as a potential portion of an addition for funding sources coming out of the farm bill.
2: I, yeah, I don't think I have heard that either, Tanner. So glad you are keeping an eye on that story.
1: Absolutely. What else do you have?
2: Well, a little bit of other Russian news, which I should have reported on earlier when we were talking about the uh, trip to Russia this week, but Russia may require foreign seed producers to create joint ventures with local scientific firms in order to continue working in the country, according to one of their state newspapers on Tuesday. According to the report, foreign seed makers, which are a majority of them, it sounds like, would be forbidden from operating in Russia unless they enter a joint venture Where their stake may not exceed 49%, Reuters has not been able to independently verify this report, which cited two sources and a representative from their agricultural ministry. But if the rule does come into effect, it would start September 1st. And since... Uh, like i said their majority of their seeds are from foreign seed companies that could be an interesting ride for the russian farmer which we don't often talk a lot about that's
1: true we really haven't featured them much over the last 12 months last piece i have today is a potential new conservation payment for those looking to reduce environmental impact ripe is a proposal looking to reward farmers for their environmental stewardship Payments of at least $100 an acre while producing a crop or $100 per animal unit for livestock could be the incentive that increases buy-in for farmers. RIPE is an acronym for Rural Investment to Protect Our Environment and has been building over the last four years and amassing an impressive group of supporters from producers of all kinds and from both sides of the aisle. They also are working to ultimately see their policy implemented into the farm bill. They hope there will be enough stakeholders in support of their program that will send the messages to our legislatures. But how does this thing work? Producers who voluntarily implement their stewardship processes for the same definition of additionality can apply and receive federal funding, according to the proposal, through RIPE 100. Payments would reflect the value of public benefits, such as soil health, clean water, water conservation, wildlife conservation, and climate mitigation. And ripe approved practices must exceed a more than $100 value per acre or per animal to the general public. So it's not a cost of that to the producer. It's a result that provides a benefit to the public with a formula that will help them do this. This is currently being led by Trey Cook. The coalition's director for RIPE has a significant amount of experience, but they're looking at, again, working with the Biden administration and getting this put into the new farm bill. They are looking for uh, mirroring the same example of the USDA's partnership for climate smart commodities grant, which awarded $3.1 billion. That's the grant that RIPE was awarded in September of 22 to begin putting their demonstration together right now. Uh, Right now, for this demonstration, Delaney, the only states that RIPE is available in is Virginia, Arkansas, Minnesota, and North Dakota. Virginia Polytechnic Institute and State University is the lead partner and will continue to be the source for the research, but it'll be interesting to see if they also sneak into the farm bill. Sounds like a lot of different avenues trying to grab their piece of that bill.
2: Well, Tanner, the final piece I have here of news as we head into the markets right at the opening bell, is African swine fever is surging once again in China. They are just wrapping up their Chinese Lunar New Year, and Reuters reported late last week that a surge in African swine fever infections in China is set to reduce their hog output later this year. Uh, They said African swine fever really has never left since it's gotten into the country, and they're suggesting that areas in the northern production areas may reach 50% coal rates, which is significantly higher than maybe what folks were originally expecting. Of course, overall, African mine fever rates are certainly much lower than their peak in 2019, and prices also followed that same trajectory. So not expecting to see any levels that significant, but certainly could see a little bit of flux here for maybe some additional exports if we do see another big bump in African swine fever uh, production cases reported. So, Tana, that's my final piece of news before we hop into chat markets. Let's
1: do it. How did they open?
2: Well, actually, things opened uh, fairly nicely here on this turnaround Tuesday. Whether or not they can hold through the remainder of this session today is the big question, but Maycorn today up four and a quarter cents will open at six thirty-seven. new crop beans added three pennies in the overnight to open at 563 in the soybean pits the may contract added nine and three quarters cents to open at 14.95 and three quarters new crop beans will open four and three quarters cents lower at 13 13 and three quarters may hard dried winter wheat added nine cents in the overnight opening bell at 838 and three quarters and in livestock quick reminder of where they closed yesterday April live cattle shed 30 cents to open at a buck 62 April feeders will open at dollar and April lean hogs will open this morning at 77.77 Tanner without further ado I know you had a great Tech Tuesday conversation that we're going to be playing today for our listeners.
1: What do you search when you're in the market to buy farm equipment? For 45 years, FastLine Marketing Group has served the farming community with quality farm equipment listings for tractors, combines, hay and forage equipment, lawn and garden equipment, and more. Check out FastLine.com for availability on all your favorite makes and models of equipment. And if you're an equipment dealer, put FastLine's industry-leading social media following and marketing expertise to work for you. Baseline Marketing Group is the farmer resource and marketing partner of choice in the agriculture industry. Listeners, today we get to introduce you to Trillium Ag. We are uh, have the extreme pleasure of having Todd Hauser here, who is the co-founder and CEO for this company. How are you doing today, Todd?
0: You know, Ted, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to dive
1: in a little bit deeper about who Trillium Ag is. But first, let's start with who Todd is. Todd, how do you introduce yourself?
0: Well, you know, my name is Todd Hauser. I'm the CEO and founder of Trillium Ag. And for 20 years, I've been in um, the biotech space developing recombinant protein and RNA technologies. Uh, For different fields and um, the last five years been focused on trillium in the ag space to bring the best of breed technologies into agriculture, so that growers can can get better tools to protect their crops and increase their yields.
1: I love this and trillium now has been around for a while in this industry. How did trillium get started.
0: So Trillium is a um, is born from this idea. We have the a technology that produces uh, very effective and specific RNAi effects. And we noticed that the industry of agriculture was facing a general problem in using this modality. And so we knew we could solve the problem and we decided to form a company to do so. Now we spent the last five years perfecting the technology for the very diverse uses in agriculture, and uh, turns out to be a lot more complicated than one would expect. But um, Trillium has been uh, meeting this mission to provide a platform technology that uh, many uh, growers can utilize to protect their crops. But also importantly, that we can develop a technology platform that supports small companies and multinationals interests in crop protection.
1: So you said RNAI, what does that stand for?
0: So that really refers to a natural process that um, organisms have to defend against viruses, and it's called RNA interference. And it's a very useful modality. It won the Nobel upon its discovery. It was discovered in 1999. It just won the Nobel in 2006. But the interesting thing about this very incredible natural modality is that it, it failed to meet its commercial promise. And this process of RNA interference allows a um, a product to have a modality that interacts naturally with the host to influence its temporary fitness. Um, there's nothing permanent about it. No chromosomal changes. No no genetics are being altered, but it impacts the kind of profile of its gene expression so that you can you can better your products to weaken the fitness of the insects and make them susceptible to their own their own pests, like bacterial infections.
1: So is this something that you're working with uh, across various different crops? Or where can you implement the technology that you've uh, been accelerating?
0: That's a great question, Tanner, and I appreciate that. Yes, so RNAi is this incredible modality. It exists in plants, it exists in all insects, but the, the complicated use of it um, is really targeted towards Lepidoptera, Hemiptera, and uh some some coleoptera, but generally Lepidoptera, which represents about eighty percent of all economically valuable crop pests, and they're really the problematic insect uh, class. The difficulty in in RNA and these insects is it's typically never worked, and we have found ways to make this modality work to bring this exciting modality to uh, growers wanting to protect their crops from from Lepidoptera and hemiptera, which have as you know uh just uh, been under pressure with the reduction of uh, synthetic chemistries and a heavier reliance on biologicals, but these biologicals are semi ineffective. And so we found a way to make this work against these big classes to solve these big problems.
1: Yeah, and that's something that a lot of our listeners write in about. Of course, uh, it can be tied to climate change. You know, we seem to see something different every season that we plant our crops but it always seems like the issue is still tied back to a, a, a typical or a familiar pressure. So is this something that is being widely adopted and used currently in agriculture, or are we just getting to the, the tip of the iceberg?
0: It truly is the tip of the iceberg. But that being said, there's all sorts of modalities in nature that are being utilized by nature over the years. And as you alluded to with climate pressure and 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 adaptability of these pests, um, the pressures are sometimes greater than the uh, the stimulant. So, if, for instance, there are you know plant defenses in corn and and soy that when a plant is being infested with a particular insect, it will start to express a defensive protein to thwart off that pest. Well, over you know evolution, these insects have become used to it. But those are modalities that we utilize. Now, the difference with us is we actually combine several modalities, where we might have enzymatic features that we took from fungi, and we use different plant defensins, and we combine them into a single RNA encapsulated product, um, or a protein encapsulated RNA product that offers offers multiple modes of action, so that the, the insect cannot. Uh, get around the treatment, or they can't uh, evade the treatment, and acquired resistance is, is uh, thwarted. And, and there's h- higher durability with the product.
1: And that durability is key because, you know, we're we're seeing a lot of resistance to, like you said, the current practices, the synthetics that we are we are using. But prior to uh, hitting record today, you kind of talked about. Just where Trillium sits kind of in the life cycle or the supply chain for ag. Can you explain to our listeners where you guys are placed?
0: Right. Well, you know, obviously there's a lot of brilliant minds in crop protection, you know, Corteva and Bayer and BSF and Syngenta and all sorts of other small companies working on biologicals. And it's these these innovators, these product developers, these deregulators that fit into a big ecosystem and we're within that ecosystem. We're farther up the the, the food chain. And our job at Trillium is to bring a technology platform that's turnkey that these brilliant minds can utilize in their own product development. So you might not see Trillium products directly on the market in the short term, but what you might see is our product inside of another product. Kind of like an Intel inside, think of it as Trillium inside or AgriZone inside where technology is utilized, um, but it's their product.
1: That's exciting because we don't very often get to, you know, give our listeners access to a company and to a CEO that is just, I'm going to say so far upstream in the process to where, you know, as you learn about new challenges coming straight from the field, you're directly affecting the technologies that will be available in the future. Correct.
0: Correct. And, you know, to us, as scientists and, and uh, innovators, we invite this connection with growers. We have some connections now. We have people involved in the company that are growers. It's this connection that motivates us, that inspires us. And we welcome wholeheartedly the connection with growers and their interests so that we can influence the direction of our platform. Now, our platform is diverse and um The products that are made from our platform probably could be in the thousands, but the influence that the grower would have would help us dictate what the low hanging fruit is, what what products will come out first. Now we have some exciting flagship product developments for fall armyworm or stink bug, but there's a lot of pests out there and there's a lot of growers with specific interests and we want to have that ear to the ground so that we can respond.
1: And that that's where i'm headed with my next question is what needs you guys are addressing currently what where's the biggest area of influence that you guys feel needs to be addressed
0: well you know the losses in crop in crop the crop losses are vast i mean you've got almost 40 percent of crop loss sometimes to pass and it's about 220 billion annually uh, 70 of that is in directly insect related so As we break down our opportunities and the problems and addressing the big priorities, for us, lepidoptera leaps out as a major challenge, uh, not just because of the kind of industry workhorse, the crytoxin complex is losing efficacy, but also deregulation or regulatory pressures that are reducing the reliance on synthetic chemistries to sort of clean up where the biologicals would would, uh, leave off. So for us, lepidoptera is a huge Opportunity and challenge and a big priority here has been for a number of years, and it's a very complicated one. Um, also, uh, Hemiptera is has uh, been growing, so that's been. Those are both issues, but across both class all across all insect classes, really acquired resistance in general is something we address, and we do that with uh, the multiple modes of action uh, combined into a single product. And the way we interact with the different life, the different uh, gut tissues uh, during ingestion, uh, or, you know, we don't rely on just one methodology, we have multiple so that acquired resistance is is not uh, uh, readily available to the insect and you know this is novel to us and even the epa they demand it they demand a multiple modality product nobody wants resistance anymore so to fit this modern crop protection mentality um, we had to develop this technology in a way that was fitting for everybody's needs and that's what we're so proud of is that this technology is so uh can be so vastly applied uh, and fits with so many of these convergences in uh, sustainable bioagriculture even at the so
1: I had to, level. Oh, that's great. So I had to take a second and Google lepidoptera because I didn't uh, readily know, but for our listeners, that's the the butterfly, the moth, the skippers. That it's I didn't realize how big of a category that was. Google says it's over 180,000 different species.
0: It is. It is and that's a good point Tanner. but you know, you can you take a, a look at the grandfather of those insect that insect class and it's the fall armyworm uh now when i started this this project at, at trillium uh i think that was a 12 billion dollar problem it's now a 37 billion dollar problem and i think it's wow. a national, declared national emergency on two continents so this is a very invasive pest and so we're going after it pretty strong and and um, it's a big priority for us
1: so I assume the future for Trillium Mag is very bright. What are you most excited about coming down the pipeline?
0: Well, you know, it's one thing to have technology that people can use um, and companies can adopt. It's exciting to have these modalities that we can offer, but um, I'm most excited about connecting the dots. And that means having a biological that is useful to farmers uh, around the world. And that is practical in the sense that it's stable, doesn't have cold chain dependencies, it can be stored in a barn for years. Now these are very complicated problems to address when it comes to biologicals. And I'm very excited about some of the solutions we have that, that basically fulfill uh, the promise of biologicals in agriculture. So we'll be focused on, on that in the coming uh, months and I'm looking forward to some of that product release.
1: This has been really cool. Like I said, our listeners and and our as hosts don't get access to conversations like this very often, and I know we only got just the bare uh, minimum of information out of this. I appreciate it. But if our listeners want to learn more about what you guys have going on at Trulia Mag or the technology that you're working on, how do they keep up with you?
0: You know, we're we're on LinkedIn. We're, we have a website uh, www.truliamag.com and. On that website, there's a way to submit uh, inquiries, and but in general, just reach out to us. We're you know we're a small company, open door, and um, we like it that way. We'll probably stay that way to keep our creative and innovative uh, spirit. And so, yeah, we want to stay connected. So please, please reach out to us.
1: This is cool. Like I said, Todd, uh, really appreciate the time that you took to share this with our listeners, and I can't wait to touch base and just see how things continue to progress with
0: you guys. Thank you, Tanner. I look
1: forward to it. Well, there you go, Delaney. That was a lot of fun. And listeners, don't be afraid to go back and listen to it again and get your Google out because it's a lot more valuable when you fully grasp what they were talking about. Just a tip of the iceberg, but certainly a fun Tech Tuesday interview
2: absolutely we're gonna have more fun conversations coming up later this week tanner aren't we
1: that's right we will so stick with us but for today what do you say you should let the listeners go
2: let's let them go